Welcome, my friends, to the Aligned Boss Tribe podcast for conscious creatives, business owners, aspiring spiritual bosses, and entrepreneurs in recovery. Today, we have, my name, by the way, is David Amel, and we have a very special guest on the, on the call, on the podcast today. This young rising star is from Half Moon Bay and living in San Diego with his lady, living an active vegan lifestyle a recovered pot-producing salesman like myself, and now a passionate transformation coach to many. And so with great respect and great love, we welcome Brandon Bozarth to the podcast. Wow, thanks, David. That was probably one of the best intros I've gotten. I'm just going to record that and re-listen to it every morning just to start my morning. (laughs) Thank you. I'm receiving that. This is the first interview of the day, so thank you so much. It's it's really a, a privilege and a pleasure to have you here. Well, I'm so, excited to be here. Yeah, let's let's get the ship right in the water. Uh, what series of, of events unfolded that drew you to the path of coaching, and and what personal transformation did you have to go through to fully arrive in this new kind of professional incarnation, coming from a salesperson? Mm, really good question. So. I've told this story several times, several times, and it never gets old because the story it shows not necessarily a choice, but a being uh, called forth through a series of events. It was a really exciting time. Um, I was in sales, as you know, and I was a top earner, and I thought I had really everything that I wanted, um, and maybe eighty percent of my life looked that way, but the other twenty percent, I was smoking and drinking uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, I was do- using steroids, I had a sex addiction. Um, tons of uh, these aspects of my life were very out of alignment. And I kind of wondered, well, if this was my dream you know, course that I believed um, was the highest path for me, then why are these aspects of my life so out of alignment? And it all came down to this moment where I decided where nothing in particular triggered it outside of me having this moment where I observed my life through objective eyes and said, okay, this is not 100% representative of me. This is not 100% representative of my passion. There's stuff obviously I need to look at because one minute I'm meditating and I'm helping people and I'm supporting them. And then the next minute, you know, I'm at the bar hammered getting carried home. So what's going on? And it was in that moment that I just simply made a choice. And sometimes it can be that simple. Right. I'm sure we'll get into it later in the call, but the nature of existence itself is structured very simply. And that was enough for me to get to that pain point and make a choice. Now, what followed that is what led me to coaching, because when I chose to say no to that life, what I was really saying yes to was myself. And what I realized is when we say yes to ourself, everything we are not comes up because the things that we are not are the only things keeping us from being ourselves automatically just like we were as children. We never had to practice being ourselves. We just were. So when I said yes, when I said no to everything I didn't want, including some relationships that I was currently living with, so I disassociated myself in a sense from the relationships that weren't aligned with who I really was while still living in the same space, which was a challenge in of itself. Um, I said no to my eating habits, my drinking habits, everything that was out of alignment. And I just simply made one declaration. And it was, from this point forward, I'm only acting on what is 100% me, what is 100% representative 
of my passion, of my excitement. And I just took the next step. And believe it or not, the only answers I received in that moment of asking, well, what is the next step? All it was, and this is where so many people get mixed up, is you don't need to know how it's going to unfold. In fact, if you did know, you'd mess it up. The cursed how, we like to call that. The cursed how, yes. So all that was available to me in the moment was doing Facebook Lives and finally, for the first time in my life, sharing my message without a product attached Um, and starting a newsletter and going to the gym and writing in a journal. That was really the four things in in that moment, that time of my life that I was really excited about. So I acted on that just for the sake of acting on it itself with no expectation or insistence of, well, what is, this has to lead to something or will I be supported? How's the money going to show up? Because from those options, they didn't include any sort of exchange of money. How, you know, logically, you're not going to make money doing that logically, but that's one aspect of right. through your heart is you don't use logic. You use your intuition, which supersedes logic. So as I'm taking these steps and I put out a newsletter, one day I put a newsletter out and long story short, I entitle it with my savvy marketing self, I entitled it, I'm excited to die. And the contents of which said, yes, when we die, we can leave behind all the worry, doubt, fear, guilt, and blame, but we don't have to die to experience what the other side could be like now. So here's some things you can do to feel better. And it just so happened that that email landed in the inbox of a lady moments before she was going to take her life. And I didn't know this woman She was on the other side of the world on my email list, and she received that email while she was in her car. Moments from taking sleeping pills that she was then going to walk into the ocean and go to sleep. And if it wasn't for her in in just moments before she received my email following her intuition, which said, turn on the radio. So she's sitting there, and she gets before she gets my email, she gets the message, turn on the radio. And she turned on the radio, and a song played... And word for word, the song said, for the very first word, said, you should stay a little bit longer. And then in that next moment, she got my email. And then in the next moment, she responded to the email and said, I want you to coach me. And I said, coach you for what? You know, I've coached basketball and football. Pretty sure you don't want to be coached in, in any sort of sport. What, what's a coach? Uh, I had no idea what, you know, I knew what kind of life coaching was in it, but I was so not identified with any of those things that it was just kind of over my head. So I decided to get on a call with her. That call turned out to be such a transformational experience for both of us, um, which ended up in a client and coach, my very first client and coach relationship. And she said, how how much do you charge? And I remember making up a number as if I've like had set prices and I'm a provider, you know, I've charged this. I just set a number and it worked. And that became my first client. And four months later, she was, having tea with her dad once a week who abused her as a kid and he was terminally ill. So she wanted to repair and heal that relationship. She lost 35 pounds and she made a career change because her back was so bad. Her current career was so painful just for her to show up. And now she was able to work less and actually make more. And she created and recreated her life in such a profound way that about four months later, I realized, wow, this is why I'm here. That was the most fulfilling process I think I've ever been a part of. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to see what's here in this coaching thing. And then that, that led to everything else. Well, you said a lot there. I mean, that was an incredible story. What a touching story, but you said a lot, there's a lot of, of 
I mean, there's so much to take from that story. And our beginnings are very similar with certain things there too. Even, you know, right now, even as this Aligned Boss Tribe sits with just the podcast and, uh, you know, I've got my other business, but no official offer or product mm -hmm. out there. It's very much a similar thing. Yeah. But it really, again, it, it's that thing where the pain is great enough and it comes down to a moment of, you know, and sometimes that moment, we st that's where the pain is. We stretch that quote unquote moment of, I realize I'm out of integrity with my highest values. And, and am I going to, how, 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 how painful do I want this to go? Do I want to stretch this shit out for a month, a year, four years, five years? I mean, you know, so it's like, yeah, take it from us. You, you guys can you can shorten the yeah, pain. So that's what the point of coaching really is, and that's why you see in my bio it says you can you can live a great life with suffering sold separately because pain is inevitable, but suffering is choice, and suffering mm -hmm. occurs after the initial moment of pain occurs. So you have a you have a cause of pain, but then you have the source of the suffering, which is the belief in the story from the event that was the initial right. painful event itself. And that does, you don't have to carry that. Right? Exactly. So let, let me, let me ask this, you know, from, from that moment, how much did faith and trust mm -hmm. play a part in bridging where you were, even once you committed and decided still there, what, 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 how much of an element did faith and trust really play a part in bridging from where you are to where you desired to go? Yep. So, I would read the same chapter over and over in Deepak Chopra's book, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. It was the law of detachment. Yeah. And it said to basically, as you detach from any outcomes or results that you may insist on creating, you actually create the most certainty that you will be supported. So kind of like this paradox is of when you're okay with uncertainty, you're actually going to be in a state of the most certainty within yourself possible. Um, so I learned that in a really visceral way. And what I realized is that's actually how physical reality is structured. And by thinking that our physical mind actually knows how it's going to work out, we actually limit the flow, the possibility, the synchronicity, the being at the right place and at the right time from occurring. Because if we have a picture in our mind of how we think it's going to go, our senses literally are eyesight, our hearing, the parts of our brain that look to put that information together will ignore a solution or a path that may be right in front of you that you're not deeming as the path that's most appropriate for you. And that's how we can get stuck in a trap. So it's, it's the first thing is there is no such thing as trust. You're either trusting in an outcome that you do prefer to experience, or you're trusting in an outcome that you don't. And Either way, it's only going to point you to what you're believing about yourself. So when I was in lack of trust, what that was really showing was a belief that I was believing about myself or about the worst possible outcome that I was afraid to experience. And actually the surrender itself, from my experience, is the fastest way to get in touch with all of your fear, right? Because they all pop up, they all come up. And it's in those moments, whether you look at them and realize that none of those have to be true so you don't have to be afraid of letting go. And then you move from belief to knowing. Actually, the safest and most secure place to be is knowing that you don't need to know. And actually, if you did, you would do yourself a disservice. 
And I just slowly proved this to myself as uh, my second month of just this full-on surrender mode. And really were the first time ever leading up to that. I had moments like a month where I'm like, okay, I'm going to let go. Ah! And I like, I had to, I had to like <laughs> effort. I'm like flex, flexing. I'm like, right, I'm letting go. Okay, I'm back. I'm patrol. Yeah. Okay. So this was like the first one where I stayed in that, in a sense, like sus- suspended state. Um, and I have been ever since. And that second month, I had a check show up for $1,800 from a court case that settled five years prior to that date from an odd job that I worked that paid all my bills. So now I have two months of evidence saying, oh my God, me following my excitement, following my passion, which now what I've come to understand is that's just me actually being myself. And that's my natural state. I am because I'm a natural being, not a normal being, which we all know what the normal way is, but because I'm being natural, I'm, I receive all of the innate qualities of creation that naturally support me. Abundance, the path of least resistance, perfect timing, all of these qualities that we see in nature. I receive that because I'm actually honoring who I am and I can depend on that. I don't need to depend on anything else besides me being myself because I know what I observe around me is a reflection of my consciousness of who I am, of what I'm putting out. And if I'm being me, I will get back whatever I need to continue expressing my excitement. I have to. It's not even a belief. It's just knowing It's just knowing how physics works and that that's actually how it's designed. And you see this over and over And actually, one of my inspirations recently, I got this about a week ago during meditation, is to make a documentary about those that have surrendered to their old life and embraced uncertainty. And it worked out in ways that they couldn't imagine, because you'll always find that to be true for anyone that goes down that path. Absolutely. And this, this, you know, you telling you delivering this, it's going to land for people and they're going to have that new truth and that and, and a new belief around this. And that it is possible for them to let go and let God, as we say, and to, to be unattached because that, that really is the magic that was so beautifully said. And God, I haven't, that was, must have been, a, I don't even know how long ago, uh, probably nine years ago, I totally forgot about uh, that book. So that's a great book for anyone who's listening to The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success from Deepak Chopra. I, I totally forgot about that. That's, that's, that's a great, uh, that's a great read. So, you know, I was going to say to you, what were some of the new beliefs you rec- required to fully step into your role as a coach? Um, but you, I think you, you kind of, we danced elegantly through that. There's so one understanding I like to highlight about that. I okay. And it's once you start becoming aware of how things work, then how beliefs work, positive, the nature of a positive belief and the negative and how that creates behavior and how that creates results in your life. And you start having more of a fundamental understanding. You have an understanding and a knowing that will automatically come from understanding and knowing how things work. So it's almost like if I said, look, here's a um, instruction manual to a car. And I gave you the instruction manual. And you said, oh, I just have to. And you've never seen a car before. And it was this foreign object. And you had this instruction manual. And it was so simple and so straightforward all of a sudden, you're way more confident to drive the car. But the car didn't change, just your understanding of how to interact with the car change. So same thing, when you're understanding of how to interact with yourself 
and with the world and this reality that we're in as a byproduct of understanding some of these principles, you just know how to be. You just know what the path of least resistance is for you and how much overthinking and how much difficulty we actually create that's unnecessary. And if most of us just eliminated or transformed the overthinking and the unnecessary processes and we let go of of deep-rooted fear, a lot of what's on the other side doesn't require a lot of thought. It doesn't require a lot of anything. It's more of well, now I'm just going to be myself. And automatically as a byproduct, I know I'm going to be supported. I know things are going to work out. I know what I, I know what I'll need to know when I need to know it. And these things start becoming more automatic and that's the beauty of it. But it all starts with finding what the core beliefs are right now. Cause as you know, belief is the root of all behavior and it takes belief to generate thought and emotion. It takes thought and emotion to generate behavior It's your physical interaction with the world that creates your results. So you can always trace back everything in your life, the quality of your relationships, your health, your finances, your spiritual life, your personal life, whatever it may be. You can trace it all back to beliefs about yourself. And the best way to find some of the core beliefs, because we have tons of different beliefs. We have beliefs about the weather, beliefs about insects, whatever. But the core beliefs about yourself, we don't have too many the negative ones specifically. So finding what some of your greatest challenges in life and maybe some of the patterns that you've seen in your life and using those to bring up the emotions that those patterns bring up in you, then you can use those emotions as windows to peer into your beliefs and say, oh, what must I be believing about myself to be interpreting this situation to make me feel this way? And that's it. And you find what that is. And when you bring consciousness to the unconscious, it's no longer a unconscious program, an unconscious pattern. I don't use any of this language anymore. It just becomes a conscious choice. And then you can figure out, do I need, do I need to choose this or can I choose something else? Yeah. It's such a beautiful process too. And and when you, you know, reflecting on it and how I went through it and, and guiding other people through that, it's one of the most fulfilling things in my life for sure. So let's transitioning to that, you know, when qualifying a coach, many, many are learning to hire a coach who has done what they seek to do and has already gotten results building a business, a real business. And, you know, at such a young age and only three years into your journey, many may wonder. So Brandon, what, what qualifies you as a master coach of transformation? So we want to so we want to assist those those people to kind of understand what that. Yeah, yeah. So the way that I see coaching, mentorship, support, or even just, I guess, life in general is, you will be attracted to whatever it is you believe you need to help you become more of yourself. And if that's me, then in that moment, I can be for you a master coach of transformation. But I'm not doing the transforming you are. And that's why within the modality that I teach, I don't teach one specific modality. I teach you are the modality just as much as I can be for you, but know that I'm only offering you a healed state of being that you you can choose to match and you heal yourself, you transform yourself. And so then you become more of who you are 
which is essentially a key that is capable of unlocking other people based on their belief systems and their attraction to you. I love it. Talk about a leading edge answer to, I mean, it's, it's, it's the truth is what it is, but it's that, that right there is a whole, I mean, for the coaching world and the personal growth world and the spiritual transformation world, that right there is a whole, that's a whole podcast onto its own. So that's beautiful. Uh, so that being said, what, what area of coaching are you most excited to learn and grow in right so now? So right now I'm very interested in core beliefs. From my experience, mm-hmm. most people have anywhere from two to five core beliefs. And because of principles like as above and so below and the idea of free will, what I understand is that we have choice on all levels. So coming into this experience, we've chosen a certain theme to express. People may call that destiny, um, but how we express it is up to us, and that's our free will. So if we chose certain core beliefs, negative core beliefs, that would then help us go through a process of transformation so we can realize ourselves from a new point of view, well, then why would we do that? Why are these core beliefs best for us? What are they here to teach us? Where are they supposed to catapult us to? And what I found is so many of our greatest gifts come from these greatest challenges, and the application and the giving of those gifts in a way that is so exciting and passionate for that individual makes them their unique self. And what I call that is living in union, because at that moment you are living in union with your higher mind, your higher self and your physical self, because you're realizing why you're here and you're being the puzzle piece that you're meant to be. So I found the direct path to actually Number one, relieving yourself of suffering. And that process may be, you know, a lifelong thing. It's not, we don't have anywhere to go. There's no rush. Um, but it can be as fast as you're willing to have fun with the process. Cause that's really the ultimate accelerator is let me just enjoy the, the process and it'll go faster. That's the paradox. So when, when I, when I realized, okay, well, if we just cut straight into these core foundational beliefs, what's the quickest way there? Um, what sort of environment do I need to create? What sort of processes or techniques um, can I can I be cr- uh, really creative around creating? And how can I explain this to make this not a negative process? Because it can be an exciting process of discovery, and we, you can have fun with it. And I think the old paradigm of coaching is you have to be crying on you know in your session for six hours and before you feel better. And that's great. Like we can. Ex- express ourselves and release whatever needs to be released, but it's not a requirement. You know? So my interest now is how can we identify and <clears throat> integrate? So that's a key skill or process that I talk a, a lot about is integration. How do we integrate these negative beliefs, transform them and learn because negative beliefs or negativity in general is just a messenger with a package that you're unaware of yet until you accept the fear and bring it in and you receive the package and you learn what it's here to teach you and then it can be used in a positive way. So how can we directly go there, find those core beliefs, transform them, extract the gold, extract the fire, extract the essence of those gifts and then express them in a way that only you can and make a business around it? 
because anyone can do that. Everyone has core challenges of their life, core fears, which lead to core strengths and core talents and skills and lessons. And that will lead to something that you can give to people that's so unique, especially if you do it in a way that excites you beyond in the, in the fullest capacity that you can imagine, that's going to be the key. You're going to become the key to unlock people that only you can unlock. And I feel like that is the revolution that's taking place on the planet right now. Cause when enough people embody that, then what is really happening is people are just finally being who they really are. They're returning to their natural selves. Their consciousness is expanding and it doesn't make sense to hurt people to, judge people because we realize all of those are are coming from a false sense of power. And when you are being yourself, you don't feel powerless. You feel powerful. You don't feel disempowered, which means by definition to take away power. You feel empowered, which means to impart power. So you impart power into yourself and to others as a byproduct of just being yourself. And that, once that gets to a critical mass, that's that's the tidal wave. That's what is changing. Here we go. <laughs> Amen. So, speaking of environment and the collective, you know, the collect even before the collective consciousness of this spreading, an old mentor of mine used to say, you know, environment is stronger than willpower. And so, how critical would you say choosing the right people? Because a lot of what you're talking about, a lot of this, so for some people, this is going to be. We're gonna have to listen to it a few times. It's, it it might be on the leading edge. It might be advanced too, but. One basic principle I think that will support what you're saying and also just want to get your feedback on it is how critical do you do you feel it is choose, for people to choose and hang with the right people? How important would you say, you know, people choosing for, for a new and aspiring entrepreneur, I should say, how critical would you say it is to choose the right yeah, people? To so hang? I love that question because I think there's a lot of confusion around this. Um, the first thing is to understand that everyone in your life right now is here for a reason and who is ever in your life right now, they're the most important people in your life because they're in it right now. That's just how it is. Every Everything, there is nothing more important than you need to attend to, that you need to attend to, than what's happening right now. There's a reason for it. And every circumstance, every relationship can serve double duty. It can you can experience it as negative or you can learn something and redefine it and re- respond in a different way and experience it positive. So there's no relationship that can make or break you. There's no circumstance that can make or break you because fundamentally these are all neutral things that we supply the meaning to. That we say, oh, well, because he's being mean to me or he's taking me down or not being supportive, I'm going to make that mean something that's going to disempower me. Versus, oh, wow, that's him in his process. He probably needs compassion. I'm going to use that to remind myself of what no longer serves me and go serve the world in an even more powerful way now. Thank you for the reminder. So you always have the power over your state of being, not other people or your circumstances. Yep. So that's just the first understanding. Now, second is how I see relationships is they are mirrors. And this is one way that we can learn more about ourselves. And if I look at the definition of relationships, as how how I see it is relationships are here to help you become more of yourself. And typically they do that by showing you what's not yourself. This can be experienced as a trigger, as a frustration, 
as um, betrayal, as whatever, as controlling, wanting to control each other. It, it can manifest in so many different ways, but your relationship will always show you, they can inspire you, which is just really showing you in inspire what's within you that you want to express more of so they can show you more of your own potential because you might want to you might love what someone's doing so much that it's saying oh my god if they can i can so that's one way they can ask act as permission they can act as lighthouses and examples for you they can also show you where you're holding on to beliefs about yourself that may be out of alignment with yourself so you might see that same person succeeding um, doing, you know, living their passion. And instead of saying, well, if they can, I can, you go, God, I'm so behind. That guy's, you know, he, he's way over there. And, you know, he's, he's, uh, has l- less experience than me and doing this, da, 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 and I'm not even close to that. And the comparison conversation might come up. Now, what is important to realize is this person is only acting as a mirror to reflect back to you something you're believing about yourself. And in a sense, you're the one creating this experience yourself because they're just living their passion. What it means is your choice. So then you ask yourself, well, if I feel like I'm comparing myself, why, why, how does it serve me to compare myself to others? Yeah. But a lot of times this is where we get confused. We choose negative patterns that that don't seem to serve us, but we still choose them, which means in some way they do. So sometimes when we're stuck, that's what people call self-sabotage. But it really just says, well, if I stopped comparing myself, then I would really have to do it and not scarier. So I'm using comparing myself to keep myself from actually doing it. Totally. And that's, you know, we are the the proverbial mirror and, you know, birds of a feather flock together and take, you know, and, and, and that's, that'll, that, yeah, that, that'll always be the case. I think there is merit for some though, to really make a, you know, at some point, once they're ready for that, to make a conscious decision of, well, you know, I want to get around more people who are interested yes. in what I'm interested in at a basic level. I want to get, I want to get around people who, who are, who are at that place and no judgment to others, love on them. You know, that, that divine divorce of the fit, you know, I love my family, but I choose my friends. And it's like, I'm not going to get around people who are going to cheer me on or be in that lack place, uh, which I've, uh, the proverbial eyes experienced before, right. Of, of, you know, being jealous or saying, no, stay with the flock kind of a thing. And so there, there is a pivotal point where I see some young aspiring entrepreneurs, uh, and, and they're, and they have all these dreams and wants, and then I see who they're hanging out with and what they're doing. And sure. I mean, it'll have to come when, and when there's enough release of, of resistance for them to get aligned with that and, and, and then make that decision. You know what? I'm going to start hanging out with some people who are going in the direction that I'm going in. Uh, you know, are the people that I'm following on social media, are they doing all the, all the, whatever stuff that's just funny and, and, you know, whatever, whatever, but am I, or am I following people who aren't just doing obscene, not just doing obscene memes and this and that, but following some people who have gotten what I wanted or, you know, are, are going yeah, in the direction. Yeah. So one more thing I want to add to that. It's so good. You will. So for example, if you, if it excites you to find new relationships and to connect with people that are of like mind and this sort of thing, but you find yourself with the same group of people that you don't necessarily want to be around, 
but you're still choosing them, then you have to ask yourself, what am I afraid of will happen if I actually let go of these relationships? Second question to ask if you can't find anything there, but you will, it just takes self-honesty, is how is it serving me to keep these people around? What is it keeping me from? What is it protecting me from? And it's just about having honest self-inquiry because you may be, you know, intellectually understand, oh, they're not good for me, but you don't take any action to actually go out and meet people and uh, call in new relationships and whatever it may be. So instead of resisting and saying, you know what, I'm just going to force myself to go to this meetup. It's about, and then going there and being, you know, anxious and not yourself because you still haven't integrated these beliefs about saying, well, what am I so afraid will happen if I actually quote, let go of these relationships? Because sometimes some of the most, one of the most unconditional loving things you can do with your relationships is leave them if you cannot be your full self around them or, and it's not that you can't be your full self around them. It's just, it's incompatible when you are. It would be like me wanting to hang out with Donald Trump all day. I just simply have no attraction or excitement or it's not relevant to the expression of my passion to do so. It's not that he's wrong or bad. It were just incompatible. It doesn't make sense for us. So if that's where you get to a place where you say, I don't really see how this is serving me anymore. Some of, one of the most unconditional loving things you can do is walk away and be yourself more fully because by you staying with old relationships where you have to be someone you're not, you're actually doing them a disservice because technically they're not even in a relationship with you. They're in a relationship with your mask. And until you walk away and show them who you really are, you're not being an example for them to say, hey, look, if I can be more of myself without fear, then so can you. So that's why and how it can be one of the most unconditional loving acts because if you have the courage to go first, then they could say, oh my God, if I've seen my friend when he was, or you know, when she was not even close to who she is now, and if I was this close to this transformation, then I can totally do it too. And then as you expand, synchronicity or coincidence will bring to you all the relationships you need to reflect back to you, whatever it is you need to learn, to help you on your way, whatever it may be. It's like my, my um, good friend, Nathaniel Solace, we met in a grocery store and I was <clears throat> walking down an aisle one day with my buddy Kyle and Nathaniel was walking, walking by and Kyle said, oh, I follow that guy on Instagram. Let's go say hi. Oh, cool. Turns out he followed me a few days later. We sit down, five hours goes by. We have like this heart to heart, you know, powerful soul colliding interaction where we end up hugging each other and all committing to each other to support each other. The next day, Nathaniel and I meet up for lunch and we plan a retreat together. A month and a half later, we have our very first embodied entrepreneur retreat where we filled the house and it was the most powerful experience of my coaching career to date with a guy that I met a month and a half ago, you know, and it's like, did I have to actually go out and effort and put a lot of effort into bringing the relationships that I need? Or did I just have to keep following my excitement and passion and be myself and trust that everything will be provided? Right. Absolutely. Well, thank you for, that was such a perfect way to unpack that process because you really went into a whole process around that. I mean, this is going to be one of those ones that people are going to enjoy re-listening to because you've gone through a couple of processes 
that people, you know, could go to retreats just to learn some of these in a whole weekend on their own. So uh, I see the value in it and I love it. So what does it mean for an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur to put their business mm. in their body? Yeah. As- so it's about setting up a life where you can be yourself and get paid for it. So there's no difference between your personal and professional life. There's just you. A byproduct of that is everything that you do in your business is a 100%, not 99, 100% representative of your passion and excitement. So you can simply spend your day expressing yourself in a powerful and passionate way and you have money in your bank account. You're getting supported by it. It's not just something you save for the weekend. So then in a sense, nothing is outside, nothing feels outside of you. Nothing feels foreign to you. Nothing feels like you have to do it. It's a process of learning how to delegate. It's a process of really refining your gift and your passion. It's a process of setting up some sort of system, but a system that also has a aspect to it to where the system can completely be scratched as well to create a lot of flexibility. And it involves just a very unique way that works for you. And it's a very individual case-by-case thing But the result is the same when your personal and professional life are so blended that you get to just be you and live in your passion and you're supported by it. Your business is you. You are the embodiment, or as I say, you are the embodied result of what you offer to other people. And so your business, your business plan, all of that, it's just who you, it's just an extension of you. Beautiful. Yeah. So I love that. Switching gears a little bit, we have a portion of the recovery community listening in through the, through the lens of the 12-step the recovery process. And so in the case of addictions or obsessive compulsive behavior, which you know both of those clearly you and I both have had pasts with, what do you say to the entrepreneur who knows they have the goods, but they find themselves still in their own way with habits that don't serve them, that they feel they, you know, quote unquote, in their mind, that belief, right? Mm-hmm. I just can't yeah. get rid of it. So first thing with, when it comes to addiction, first thing to understand is we become addicted to something to fill a sense of what feels em- like emptiness or a void that is really created by the idea of being disconnected from source or from God. So disconnection is experienced in the body. It's physical translation is emptiness or a void. And because we don't have the tools to learn how to create that connection, then we do the best we can with what we know and what we're taught, which is we fill it with things. Um, It can be bad habits, drugs, um, sex, anything. Um, It could even be things like the gym, you know, like when that becomes too much, it can be whatever. So it's first about having that understanding. Second is about understanding that what it's not about necessarily learning how to be connected. It's about learning about what you're believing about yourself that is allowing yourself to be to believe that you're disconnected. So this is again diving in deep into the core beliefs that make you feel superior or a lot of this comes from powerlessness that you don't have power. And it's about creating a safe environment for someone to learn about consequences of their actions in a safe way so they don't actually really have to face them in the real world. 
It's about showing them that they're powerful enough to create and attract everything and anything they need to follow their passion, be themselves, and they will be supported. And it's about giving them the fundamental understanding that because they're here, because they exist and energy can't be created or destroyed, that proves they're enough because they exist. They're a part of all of this, of all of it. And if they weren't here, then all of it would be incomplete. But it's not incomplete because it's God. It's all that is. So they're here. That means they're chosen. They're part of it. And why can't the, the question they need to answer is, why can't that be enough to know that you're worthy and deserving and equal and powerful? And if they can't say that is enough, then it's about finding those beliefs. Right? So that would be my part one. The follow-up on the part two is find the specific behavior. If it's a self-sabotaging behavior, you have to find out why they believe it serves them. Because even negative behaviors, we're going to keep choosing them. We, go, we say things like, I know I shouldn't, but I blank, but I blank. So that means there's another belief, a secondary belief that they just haven't found yet that says, well, if I really do let it go, it's actually more scary to let it go than to hold on to it. So what would what would be the worst possible thing that can happen if I actually let go of this self-sabotaging behavior? You find the answer to that, and that will unlock the behavior. Beautiful. Absolutely. How can entrepreneurs get into flow and give up attachments to their actions, as we say, when they really want to grow their business and see results? And what, what process can we offer them to simply be with all all they have going on act on their excitement and passion and as soon as they start doing that without judging what the action may be if it's from true excitement not from trying to escape anxiety because sometimes we say i'm so excited to go watch netflix for seven hours but we're really just excited to get out of the anxiety we're feeling you see the difference so it's about being honest. right yeah, really, about being very really, honest with yourself yeah. saying okay is this actually genuine? And I want everyone to test for themselves now. Think about a time that you were very excited about something. It could be anything. Just bring it into your body. Locate it. Feel the sensation. Great. Now, do the same thing with anxiety. Think about something in the past, not in the now, in the past that made you anxious. Find it. Feel the sensation in your body. Great. Those are two different, very distinct, different states that we conveniently get confused of. So when you understand it's all about your state, then it's about knowing, okay, what options do I have available that are exciting for me right now? And as the entrepreneur, to create balance, it's, it's more about honoring your excitement than disciplining yourself into work you think you must do. Because there's actually very little you have to do. If you remain in your passion and excitement, and that's what you're contributing to your business, very rarely are there more than maybe three, depends on your business model, but three to four hours of work a day where you can show up and be excited and passionate and expressive totally and completely. And there's very few times you need to do more than that. It's very rare. It's like you have someone like... um, What's his name? The four hour work week, uh, Tim Ferriss. What I, I haven't read the book, but by just receiving that title, 
it basically says if you are not setting your business up in a way where your contribution to it is only what's representative of your excitement 100%, then you're just not being as effective as you can. And that allows you to then express yourself in all forms of your passion. Maybe you also like writing poetry. Maybe you also love nature. Maybe you want to talk to your friend. Uh, There's all these other ways in the moment that you might be called to act on something that you believe is seemingly unrelated to your business. That's the new paradigm that gets to be shifted. If there's something in the moment now that's calling you that you're passionate about, even if it's taking a walk through the forest, if it's exciting, you will be put into a flow state by simply taking that walk. And then on that walk, you might get the genius idea that you go apply to your business an hour later. But if you didn't honor the pull to the walk, you never would have realized the interconnectedness of reality and how those two things aren't separate whatsoever. So we need to stop judging the action based on the surface level appearance and start feeling what the action would feel like and realize there's a common thread of the actions that are necessary for us. And that thread is excitement and passion. Yes. And that's that, you know, learning to trust that gut and that feeling. And it is, I mean, people come up in this world of, you know, well, work smart, but also work hard, grind, 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 grind. And, you know, you have people where that's work for. I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about not just how smart he works, but how hard and crazy he works. But what people don't understand, and he even, he, it's funny because we talk about the law of attraction. He doesn't even realize it, but he lives it to the degree because, because not because he's working his face off, yes, but because yes. that's what lights him up. That's why he gets the results he does is because it lights him up. If you or I or you know a lot of other people went and worked 16 hours a day, it would be it would be what you just said. They'd be focusing on the hell of it, not moving moving you know trying to move away from pain instead of more moving towards what they're drawn to. So that was that was beautiful. I love it. So you know in this world of setting goals, some train some trainers find they work best setting exact short and long-term goals with dates, you know, as I was once trained on, while, while others keep it general and set daily intentions and feelings around so-called goals. How do you coach clients on this based Good on question. your own process? <clears throat> so I have a training I just did a couple of days ago, actually on Facebook Live. It was called Don't Set Goals, Create Symbols. And what I mean by that is... Mm. Even when you do set a goal, the purpose of the goal is not to create it. It's to put you in a certain state of being now. Because the goal six months from now, whatever you believe is the greatest goal for you, the moment that you decide what it is, you've limited it. You're also, if you're attaching to it and saying, this is the goal, this is what I have to accomplish, you're pushing away goals that could manifest sooner and easier, and you're limiting an even greater outcome. So setting goals is great, but it's about understanding the purpose of setting goals. And the purpose of setting the goal is to get yourself into an excited state in the now so you can act from that place. Same process and same rules apply to visualization. It's not that the vision that we are focused on needs to happen because we're not designed to know what the best possible future outcome is. You know, when I was 18, I couldn't have sat down and said, the best future possible outcome for me is to create a newsletter that's going to land in the inbox of this lady mama before she's going to take her life. But that was, 
That was the best possible outcome for me in that moment to lead me down this path. I didn't need to know that. So all of the goals that I've set, one you know, way we get caught in a loop is we create a goal that we think needs to materialize in that same exact way. And then it doesn't because we don't know what the path of least resistance is. We don't know what we actually need to experience in the future. So we go, oh man, I failed. It didn't, didn't get created. But maybe that process of not creating the goal was exactly what you needed so you can realize where you're shaming yourself and it's more important for you to let go of shame than it is to hit your goal. Because the point of the universe is to expand. That's the observable trait of the universe. So as above, so below, it's ours as well to become more of ourselves. So what's more important, that the realization of that goal or the process So the process is the point. So what I teach people, I say, we can set goals. And if there's certain deliverables that um, I'm going to promise you, then I'm going to be very clear about those deliverables. I'm going to be very clear about the expectations. As far as your results, I I tell them in one of two ways. If you want to work with me to create a six-figure business, a six-figure coaching business, then I'm going to give you the exact way that I did it. And I promise you, if you act on it, in a way that resonates with you, you'll get those results. And holding this image, it may be more important for you to take a completely different path, but we'll only know that as you go through the process and you are honest with me and yourself and you honor your passion and excitement because sometimes the goal is just meant to get them off their ass. And then all of a sudden, 10 days later, they realize they want something completely different. Is that a failure? No, we just got more clarity. Right. Right. Oh, we got a little action going on. I don't hear it. I don't know if you. Okay. Oh, it's gone. Perfect. So, and that, and that probably answers for so many people like me back in the day. Why, when we would hear mentors say, okay, you need to set that 90, you need to set the 90 day goal and you need to set the one month. And for this week, you need to hit these numbers and these, and even in sales, it just never felt good to me. It never lined up, right? And I know that there's a lot of people who can who can feel that. Now, I I, I don't want to rush too much. We are getting too close to the top of the hour, and I have a couple of things that I want us to kind of swiftly dance through, but I think are important. So, you and I were both top producers in sales. I was number one in one of Tony Robbins's companies for a couple of years, and you were also number one in your company. And you know, before giving it up to align with your calling. Uh, you know, that said, not everyone is a master question asker or NLP expert. So for all the new coaches out there struggling to get their first client, having challenges building enough value so clients are ready to sign up with them right away or find themselves asking, you know, asking, learning how to ask these powerful NLP type questions, but are still having challenges closing. What advice would you give them in their process? This, now, this, is just for, yep. this is just for the so, coaches. The first part is you have to check that the process itself is you're passionate about. Getting on a call with the insistence or an expectation of getting the sale will always set you up to lose because it's going to take away from your authenticity. Mm-hmm. So I always say, and it, I got this from Rich Lipton and it really resonates with me, is coaches don't sell, they coach. So when you get on a call with someone, with someone, if you give them a genuine experience of who you are as a coach and where this can take them, that's going to do 95% of the closing for you. 
now and and give it all. Don't be afraid to give it all. I don't know. Well, I got to save some of the stuff. I got to save some of the gold. No, no, no. Give them all of it to where you're convinced they don't need your coaching. Because from that point, they're going to feel like you have gone so above and beyond. And the point, the fact is no one changes completely overnight. We do change instantly, but we don't change in the way that most people that come to you want to change after one phone call. It may take more of a process. So you can never give too much. So give yourself fully in the call. And then when it comes to asking, the first thing I always do is I ask them, hey, do, did you resonate with this call? Do you feel lighter? Do you feel like this supported you? I'm just checking in to see how they feel. Oh my God, this felt great. Or some people, yeah, I feel good. Whatever it may be. Yeah, I feel really excited. This feels great. Cool. Then I ask them, how do you see, or do you see how this would support you in getting to where you want to go? if we teamed up for the next three or six months and they typically say, Oh man. And they, that puts it in a new frame because they had such a powerful loving interruption on this call that then imagine that for the next three or six months being in a container together. Wow. Yeah, I do see that. Great. Would you like to know more about my training about my coaching? Yes, I would. Now from that point, as soon as I make the offer, I empower them to do, to make one of two choices. I say, I'm not here to make it sale. I'm here to help you make an empowered choice that can be an empowered yes or an empowered no. The empowered no comes from a place of you don't believe this is of highest service for you right now. You don't believe this can support you in the way that you need support. If that's the case, I will mm. humbly and honorably say amazing and let's continue our relationship. And it was great speaking to you. The empowered yes is you committing and, and, and saying yes. And if anything comes up that make, if you want to say yes, but you're finding reasons that aren't your, anything that has to do with being out of alignment or anything that has to do with, I don't feel like this can serve my needs, honestly. So it's just about holding them to an honest place because a lot of them are afraid to say no. If they bring up any story that is simply, this doesn't resonate with me, it's always a fear. It's always, always a fear. Your job as the coach is to help them find the fear and then use the process as coaching moments to show them, look, this is actually why you need the coaching because right when you're ready to change, all of these fears come up. That's the point of coaching. We're doing it right now. So let's find what's there. And I dive in, whether it's a scarcity issue, whether it's the timing, they think they're scared of actually you know, putting themselves out there. And that's actually what's making them say no to you. You know, that it doesn't, and it doesn't have anything to do with you. It just has to do with those fears. It's about calling them forward into those fears, letting them face them and let them go. And I don't get off the call with someone until they make an empowered decision because there is no such thing as I'll think about it. That's, there's no such thing as these things. There's only, there's only here and now. So (laughs) I go, what do you need to think about? And I get them as clear and I keep reminding them, look, I'm only asking you these questions. I'm being kind of a hard ass because I want you to be empowered during this process. It doesn't matter to me if you say yes or no, but you're going to leave this feeling empowered. You're going to leave here feeling clear. And, that, and I always remind them that's my commitment to you. And if that's your commitment to your clients, you'll always get to a clear answer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's that clarity and really showing them. Yeah, being this, bold enough to say what most people won't say to them. Right. Well, yeah, of course. Absolutely. 
and and that's what I was going to ask you kind of lead into next. I think you basically answered it was the whole thing about, you know, when they fill out the, the application form and say, I'm not ready, but I'm confident I can generate the money. Then it's like, what do you say? But you've kind of, you've kind of moved through that. Uh, unless there's anything the only thing like that I do is when someone says I'm going to generate the money, I get, I, I say, okay, show me how. And typically the, that is, well, write down 10 ways that you're going to act in the next 48 hours and then send yep. me the list. I'll hold yep. you accountable to it and we'll commit and we'll do it together. Beautiful. So since being well, 24 and 2004, oh, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, my, yeah, myself, I was, you know, 2004, 24 years old. I mean, since then, I've invested nearly 100 grand in personal growth, spiritual growth, business education. What does it say, Brandon, in your, in your, in your opinion? Uh, what does it say to our inner beings the moment we make the decision to invest in ourselves? What does it say to whether we want to call it our inner beings, our subconscious, whatever? There's a lot of different languages for people who have different belief systems out there. But what does it say to our inner self the moment we make that decision to invest? You're making an uh, exclamation um, towards who you want to be. You're making a statement towards who you want to be. Um, You're making a commitment towards who you want to be. You're taking a physical step, um, symbolic and literal, towards the embodiment of who you want to be so in usually you the transformation actually starts beginning as soon as you put the money down um days after a lot of clients have their own breakthroughs and things start shifting because they themselves believe if i do this i'm actually going to change and they do it and then they actually start changing so that's why a lot of times not charging can do certain people a disservice Right, because sometimes the more people pay, the more they pay attention. So commitment, you're you're saying you're making a statement of who you are, you're beginning the transformation, um, you're shifting into a state of being that's more representative of who you really are, because you've taken an action towards that way and you're breaking the pattern of continuity that is associated with your old self. You're doing something your old self would not do. There's a lot of great things that start to happen as you do that. Yeah, absolutely. Now you have something very special coming up in a couple couple months from now. And as I understand, this retreat titled the Embodied Entrepreneur Retreat is your fourth retreat. And it's taking place in Bali, November 30th mm-hmm. through December yeah. 7th. What's got you most oh, excited about that? And so what, 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 the, the Embodied Entrepreneur that? Retreats are so special because they were so organic how they were created. We create a structure and then we have so much space for spontaneity that every time we're surprised with what happens. Um, we can't anticipate some of the things because of what's going on collectively that creates and leads to an ex- a new exercise in the moment and a new this and a new that. And we look back and we learn just as much as the people that go through the experience so every single time we've been quantumly learning and getting better at delivering and creating and facilitating transformation. And this time I've been getting the message very strongly to scratch the entire curriculum and upgrade it and rewrite it in a new way. Um, and I think that's what I'm most excited about is everything we learn from the three is getting combined, reorchestrated, and a lot of new exercises and new understandings are coming in um, 
that are just, it's just going to make this a very, very special experience. And uh, day one, we give the breakthrough that most retreats give on day five or six. They kind of like try to end with a big bang. We do that on day one. We, our deepest dive is day one. And it changes each day from different angles. And we spend maybe a day and a half on business out of six days. Um, but because you're in such a state of clarity and alignment, you tell us what your business is. You tell us what your prices are. You tell us who your <laughs> clients are so clearly. And that's the most empowering way to do it is to, in a sense, be like a grounding agent that pulls that information through you. And that's it's a really fun part. Yeah. That, that is a transformation agent. That is a coach, right? And that's that right there answers the final question where I was going to say to people, you know, what to you really <laughs> with so many yoga and personal growth, personal development retreats going on in Bali these days, what makes the embodied entrepreneur retreat so extra special? And you, you clearly just answered that. That was beautiful. So that's exciting. I love that process. So Final question on this fun Friday. This has been an absolutely incredible call. I know I'm going to personally re-listen to it uh, and take notes. What for you, what does being in alignment mean It means mean I'm acting on my excitement and passion in all moments to the best of my ability. In all moments. So every moment available. I don't do anything that I don't want to do. Ever. That's it. There we go. Well, my friends, this has been an incredible episode and go follow Brandon on Instagram. And I think you're, it's at Brandon Bozarth, just, just straight up like that, right? Got it. And you're also on Facebook as well. I believe is your, your Facebook page the same. Okay. All right. Perfect. And yeah, guys, if you're looking for a truly leading edge, next level, different, uh, retreat, the, the embodied entrepreneur retreat. I, I truly believe with all my heart that this is, this is going to be something special. So it's been an absolute privilege and a pleasure to have you on the call, Brandon. And I can't wait to co-create and collaborate. Yes. With you thank you for the invitation, bro. I really appreciate you letting me on here and allowing me to share and, and share with you and your audience. And it's, it's been amazing. Yes, a fun dance that will continue. Thank you so much. And everyone, we wish you an incredible week ahead. Thanks so much.